Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Body Rappers, Angela Luzio is happy to sponsor this episode of Conversations on Dance. Body Rappers, Angela Luzio is known for its durable and soft total stretch tights and Angela Luzio shoes. New to the Angela Luzio shoe collection is the Instant Fit 4-Way Total Stretch Canvas Ballet Slipper and the Instant Fit 4-Way Total Stretch Canvas Y Strap Half Sole. Make sure to try them on at your local dance retail store and see why they are called Instant Fit. And while you're there, take a look at Tyler Peck's beautiful and unique leotards that move perfectly with the body and won't ride up in the back. You may view the products at bodywrappers.com or at your favorite dance retail shop or online store. To review and buy the entire collection of Tyler Peck designs, go to dancewearcorner.com. I'm Rebecca King-Ferraro. And I'm Michael Breeden. And you're listening to Conversations on Dance. This week, we bring you an episode we recorded at New York City's Guggenheim Museum in January. We wanted to catch up with New York City Ballet principal dancer Sarah Mearns and contemporary choreographer Jody Melnick to hear about their works and process at the Guggenheim that they were putting together. While we were at the Guggenheim, we chatted with the pair quickly between their rehearsals so we could offer our listeners a preview of this work, one of 65,000 gestures, new bodies, that will be going to the Spoleto Dance Festival in Charleston, South Carolina, June 7th through 10th. For more information about this festival and performances that are running May 25th through June 10th, visit SpilettoUSA.org. To get tickets to see Sarah and Jody, search New Bodies on the Spoleto website. We're here today at the Guggenheim Museum, and we're joined by uh, podcast veteran Sarah Mearns. And uh, (laughs) we're so happy to have Jody Melnick on for the first time as well. Thank you. They are getting ready to... um, perform the works and process event tonight uh here at the guggenheim and tomorrow as well so uh since sarah's been on several times before we'll we'll get a little uh idea of who jody is so jody um how did you get your start in dance and when did you first begin to have sort of choreographic uh inclinations um i started in grade school as a competitive gymnast 
and went through all junior high school and most and high school as a competitive gymnast. And as I got older, we had to take dance for gymnastics. And in my senior year of um, high school, I decided that I was going to drop gymnastics and go more into jazz and try that. And so uh, I was urged to go to school at Purchase, where I studied modern dance and had some ballet training. And then it sort of just snowballed from there. I got very interested in postmodern techniques and improvisation and um, modern dance. And then after college, worked downtown in the downtown dance world and joined a company and then had a little in uptown with Twyla and Mm -hmm. had many experiences with Trisha Brown amongst other kind of luminary choreographers and directors. And the work I always was trained in in college and in my professional world was that it was a very uh, collaborative way of working. Um, Not that it it was a joint venture, but what I brought to the process, it was very process oriented. Mm-hmm. So I, all the, most of the work that I've been in as a dancer was process oriented. So it sort of was a natural progression that I always choreographed. And I guess I would say in earnest, I had a, my first solo show in New York in 2005, so I would say in 2005, I would say that's when I sort of transitioned from just a dancer to both dancer, performer, and right. choreographer. Um, what would you say defines your choreographic aesthetic? Hopefully I don't have a definition of a choreographic aesthetic. It keeps changing. I mean, the modalities I use to create movement, I use the body as its uh aesthetic material. So I'm always, I would say the body is how I would define my aesthetic material and, um, or my sensibility and where it goes from there, whether working with narrative or gestures or images, it's definitely, I would say the body getting into the studio and moving and finding different ways that interest me, um, would be my aesthetic. Are there other sort of inspirations outside of just, uh, you know, the way the body moves and responding to that physical um, inspiration? Um, Are you suggesting there's something more profound? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I was wondering more, like, are there other art forms or um, where do you draw? Probably, probably visual art, the most painters, sculptors, um, of course, literature, photographs, all the arts. Um, but if I would have to put it down to only two things, I would say um, nature and relationships, human relationships and nature. And it's not to say that I go in, all my work is just based on whatever comes out of my body and I put it together. Yes, that's valid. And I'm from that train of thought. And I love that profound expression that comes out and that attention, but other, obviously other things always come into play, whether they're narratives or poems or collaborating and working with bringing other dancers in and performers in. That brings us to a great way to bring Sarah into this conversation. Sarah back in. Yeah, let's get her back (laughs) in here. Um, She was nodding behind you to everything that you were just saying. So when did you guys first collaborate together? We first met when we did this project at Dance Space downtown, and it was sort of an um, experiment bringing uptown ballet dancers together with downtown dance, and there was many different groups they got together. And um, I think it was Balanchine, Merce Cunningham, and like Judson Church were the three main. Right. Mm-hmm. 
And there was like different groups and they put four people together in each group. And I was paired with Rashawn Mitchell, but she was also in the group. And uh, in the beginning, like we would have meetings and she just was not sure about what we were doing. And like, she was like, I just don't know if I can do this. I just can't deal with this. But then when we got, we was like a no, (laughs) she was like, no, we're not doing this. (laughs) But then she like came around to the idea and our group couldn't really work together for a long periods of time, like we actually didn't work together at all until the week of our show. And we got into the church and or? spent like four yes. days. Gotcha. Of their schedule. Right. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So it's like, I'll give you Monday so, and a day off for an right. hour. Yeah. Monday. <laughs> um, and we spent four days in the church together, like hours mm-hmm. and hours. And she had come up with these sort of, projects that we would take on and they did have to do with imagery and um, different phrases she would give us to do. And, um, and I sort of kind of, for some reason in that moment had this um, feeling of just like opening myself up to whatever I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't afraid to look um, different mm-hmm. and kind of look pedestrian and not balletic and, um, yeah, and we it, did. I gave we Rashawn and I gave you us. We had like twenty images, and one of them, some of them were um, flowers, tiles, landscape, a building, yeah. a word, uh, yeah. pictures of Yvonne Rayner. Oh, so they were all over the place, and without question, like the task was okay. You're going to make a movement nugget for each image, and there wasn't even a question. You know, it came to like a building. There, she was like, okay. <laughs> and like one of them was like a hill. She was yeah. like, well, what do you think when you see a hill? And I'm like, oh, I want to roll down it. So I just started rolling on the floor and we put all these together and it was a phrase. Mm-hmm. And it was just stuff like that. And I just felt like this is really kind of um, inspiring to me. And then she gave us phrases and she's like, do whatever you want with this eight count phrase. And the moment I was like, uh, but then I was like, okay, this is actually not bad at all. And then it sort of turned into like my solo, like a, mm-hmm. and, and it was the first time I ever danced in silence. I had never danced with any music before. And it was in a church and it was just like, so it's really um, intimidating because you don't have something to you just drive yourself. You. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just like, mm-hmm. you have to do it yourself. And it felt very liberating. And then she had this solo that she did and I was totally mesmerized by her solo because even though it looks like it's improv, it's not. Mm-hmm. And it's so calculated what she does, but it makes it look like she's so in the moment mm-hmm. in her body. And then she kind of allowed me to explore and sort of get there myself. So that's how we first met. Right. What was that? 2000, gosh. Four- 14? 14, I think. I think. Yeah, that was 2014. It might have been 2015, like March, and then Jacob's right. Pillow. Or, it was 2015, right. yeah. We want to take a moment to talk to you about AKA Ballet. If you are in the Dallas, Texas area, listen up. AKA Ballet is a collaborative project that includes three Dallas choreographers, Albert Drake, Haley Von Sleyen-Reed, and Carter Alexander, who will each create two new works. The project's creative process will take place in July and then culminate in a public performance at the Dallas Latino Cultural Center on July 27th. In addition to an incredible six new works of dance, the project will feature live music throughout the evening, including a ballet to a commissioned score by Dallas composer Martin Morgan. To make the performance accessible to the entire Dallas community, admittance to the performance will be free. That's right, free. 
As our chat with Sarah and Jody is illustrating, new works are so important, not just for the choreographers creating them or the dancers who grow from each experience, but for the audience who is inspired by them. There are multiple ways to help support AKA Ballet and bring this inspiring project to the Dallas community. A GoFundMe page has been set up to help raise funds to cover costs associated with the project. And on July 27th, audience members are invited to support AKA Ballet. To give now and for more information on the project, visit GoFundMe.com slash AKA Ballet 2018. If you have a dance-related performance or event that you would like to draw attention to through the podcast, please email us at info at conversationsondancepod.com. Was that one of the first time you've ever done anything like that, Sarah, where you just were kind of free? Because that's so different than our ballet experience that's very structured and... Oh yeah, I've never done, I had never done any kind of modern, I mean, modern dance, right. downtown dance or like unballetic. Why, why do, this is for either one of you, both of you, preferably. Uh, why do you think there is a di- such a disconnect between downtown dance and um, sort of uh, all the major ballet companies that are performing at Lincoln Center? I mean, I, I even think like when we were at School of American Ballet, we didn't go see anything that was outside of that realm. It was hard enough to get us yeah. to go see ABT. Right. Um, but what can we do to kind of get rid of that? And were you guys consciously kind of um, confronting those boundaries? Well, I, I mean, I was always aware from my Twyla days of going to City Ballet. And I was always, always, I've always been a Balanchine fan, fan for structure and form and um, choreographic reasons and also the dancing. I'm not a lover of ballet, but I'm a lover of dancers. And part of the disconnect is one is more experimental and one is a little more codified in performance gear towards that perform out performance mode and also time constraints. They have, you know, like two hours off a year. I mean, so they're not <laughs> always going and it's, it's, it's a cultural, it's a community thing. It probably finances. It's the amount, the amount of exposure. Um, they have highly, you can't do the work they do with having very highly trained bodies. Right. So I think that, also putting effort into experimentation it's all you just don't physically have the time when you're that busy and that hard working it's really hard to reach out and i think it takes someone very special mm-hmm. and very curious mm-hmm. and who has a very sharp, sharp eye to see the <laughs> validity and the wealth of knowledge that she doesn't that sarah doesn't have it's obvious what she does have is you don't have to speak about it. People already speak and write about it. But right. for her to understand what she doesn't have, I think that's where it's what more the uptown, downtown can draw from. But I mean, I think the disconnect is just, you know, practicality. And um, I mean, and to be honest, the ballet world's a bubble. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. You want to really like put it out there like we're in a bubble yeah. and you have to consciously get out yeah. of it if you want to. Or you choose to, to stay to, in it. Right. Yeah. Because it's very com- comforting and yeah. comfortable. Mm-hmm. And it's consuming. And, and so. Consuming. But it also, I have to say, it also needs to be when they're at this kind of level of their game. You have to be. Right. When I was in a company, when I danced for Twyla, that's all I did. I mean, I would go to performances, but my job was to take care of my body and make sure I looked good dancing and my right. technique Those was works. together and I was strong. I mean, it's a job. Mm-hmm. There's, I don't have a lot of time to. So it's a Explore. totally different kind of mindset. Right. Well, this sounds, that could, I want to 
do another podcast where we just explore okay. those ideas because <laughs> <laughs> we have to get to the the meat of this today, okay. which is uh, uh, that the work you're You'll be dancing tonight um, here at the Guggenheim at Works in Process is New Bodies. It premiered in 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that work and what the, the audience will be seeing tonight? Oh, sure. Uh, you'll be seeing three extraordinary dancers. There are, there, it's in a bunch, it's four sections, I think. One starts with her solo. We work with live music and live harpsichord and a live violinist. Um, and also Sarah's opening solo starts with a harpsichord, composed harpsichord, electronic and live played harps, uh, music that she hasn't heard yet, mm-hmm. that she only hears it. Wow. She'll hear it now in the dress rehearsal and we keep tweaking it. And that's because I want her to stay completely focused and in her experience in the solo and if the solo is i'm holding my arms out like a paragraph if the solo is this long (laughs) she can play within that so she's not timing herself like oh it's six or seven minutes it's the feeling that she has with that and what she wants to do with it and knowing understanding the music when she hears it um and then they put on ballet slippers and they do a very uh I guess more virtuosic in terms of what what people will consider virtuosic dancing mm-hmm. with turns and turns and jetés, um, but it still has a lot of more idiosyncratic m- movement that is very much made on their body. And then they take off their slippers, and the rest of the piece is in barefoot. And there's a silent section, and then there's the violin section, and then there's a talking se- section because I thought it was important to to hear them mm-hmm. what they had to say and the use dancers their themselves. the dancers and That's, myself. Yeah. So it's um. It's a piece made in sections that each section can go off on its own variant, but it's put together. And um, and it was all made from our experience in residency at, at Jacob's, Jacob's Pillow. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of, we didn't leave Jacob's Pillow with a piece. We left Jacob's Pillow with material mm-hmm. that we sort of morphed into what this is now. And it's even different sort of than what it was in 2016. Oh, yeah. Because for her, like she said, it's everything's a process. And it shouldn't stay like it is. It should morph. It should grow. It should, and whatever we're doing now, whatever we feel now, that's what we're putting into it and how it's changing. Right. So you will be doing this piece again at the Spoleto Festival in May. So when we're talking about Sarah's variation being music that she hasn't heard, will the music change then again for the no, next time? No, okay. no. She will change. Like I said, it, right. it's choreographed material, but now that she's heard, she'll hear the music, she'll know what she wants to do. Interesting. In the music. But then like, you know, but the live is also will always be different. Yeah, the live will also sure. always there's be different. There's electronic, but there's also live. Yeah, and she kind of tells it's kind of funny. She sits there with the harpsichordist and tells him when to do a note and when oh. to do something because she's watching me. Right. And she wants so to. So we're sort of all in. She's like yeah. the conductor in the too. A little yeah. bit. Yeah. Moment, yeah. How yeah. cool. Yeah. That's really interesting. Well, this sounds like a perfect um, way to encapsulate your spirit of collaboration. So I'm, uh, I'm sure the audience is going to love it tonight. And if you are in the Charleston, South Carolina area, please go check it out this May. Um, thank you so much for joining us, yes, guys. We have to you. let thank you get you. back to rehearsal. Yes, thank you. Thank for tonight. Thank you. Thank you for joining us this week. We will be back next Monday with an all new episode. In the meantime, subscribe on iTunes so you'll automatically be notified when we publish a new episode. Follow us on Instagram 
at Conversations on Dance and on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Convo on Dance. See you next week. Thank you for listening. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.